Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ, with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy, by David Veslian, VeslianStudios.com. Welcome to Channeling Christ. I'm Reva Christ, and we are on Season 2, Episode 13, The Science of Consciousness, Part 2. And I will be leading off with a dissertation from Mother on Consciousness and the Alpha Mind. Jumping right into the cosmic stream, I'll be reading from Mother's transcript. All the gifts of consciousness stream through the Alpha Mind, and it is only when the human identity is open to and aware of the Alpha Mind that the human identity experiences these gifts. The gifts of the Alpha Mind are also the Alpha Mind's knowledge, and the Alpha Mind's knowledge is the knowledge of all conscious universes transmitted over multidimensional non-human languages. These non-human languages include the language of telepathy, the language of empathic intelligence, the language of psychic intelligence, the language of sentient intelligence, and all languages of the analytical intelligences. Not one of these gifts comes from the physical dimension. Understand the process of conscious communication. All of life is conscious, and all of life is in constant communication throughout all dimensions of consciousness. So all conscious activity on earth is known in the conscious astral dimensions, and as all conscious activity is known in all astral dimensions, so every conscious mind open to astral knowledge will know this knowledge, whether this knowledge relates to activity in deep space, activity within the tectonic plates of the Earth's crust, activity within the currents of tides of the Earth's oceans, activity within the Earth's atmosphere, or activity within the solar system or any galaxy beyond. It also includes activity within nature and within the human species. All of these things are conscious and all emit conscious impulses through their energy fields and it is these conscious impulses that communicate to all other conscious impulses. Impulse language is not human language. Impulse language is pure intelligence that contains multidimensional languages of pure intelligence. The intelligent language of the highest potential and the highest possibilities communicates through a divine and holy language that consists of the language of the highest inspiration, the highest hope, and the highest elation. The language of sentience consists of the language of the highest possibilities of all senses and of all analytical intelligent processes. The language of sentience also speaks in the highest potential of empathic intelligence and psychic intelligence. The language of nature is the language of the natural world, and this language speaks of the highest natural language of natural impulse energy waves that stream from all environmental and ecological systems of the planet. So all of nature is in contact with all of nature, all the time. 
All of this communication is received by the Alpha Mind through the intelligent, sentient gifts of the natural mind that listens for Alpha information. Unlike your human radar inventions that must be monitored by computers, living intelligence monitors all living intelligence 24 hours a day, every day, and it does not rest. It does not need to rest, eat, nor does it need bathroom breaks. It also does not require food or water or a place to live because it is not a physical life force. Intelligence is an astral life force. It lives independently of the physical world. It is a multi-dimensional intelligent force of life. It is purely alive because it is pure intelligence. You, on Earth, have organic bodies that need maintenance. Your bodies need to eat, rest, and sleep. You also need bathroom breaks. But the disembodied mind does not need these things. And the intelligence I am speaking of has no organic body, so it does not need these things either. The power to know is known by all conscious life that is sentient, whether plant, insect, or animal. All species of all kingdoms are included. It is only man's opinion that man holds the monopoly on consciousness. Man holds no advantage whatsoever. Man's only power is in his chosen power to destroy the planet and all life kingdoms, and he was not granted this power by any divine source. Man gave himself this power, and this power does not make him intelligent, nor does it make him natural. It merely makes him destructive. Death is a natural process of the natural life cycle. The intelligent creator created death long before man was conceived in the mind of the creator. Natural death releases intelligence from its matter shell, so it may return to the astral universe of intelligence that is its birthplace. The corporal journey is not about man. The corporal journey is for intelligence, natural intelligence. Man turned away from his natural intelligence in favor of inventing his own intelligence and his own information, and he decided his journey was all about himself, and this is only his opinion in the matter. And he and his opinions and his ideas are outside nature and the intelligent creator. Natural intelligence does not think or act like man. Man's actions and his thinking are outside all universes of intelligence in a dark alien place that man invented. And this place is also unknown to intelligence. Man measures intelligence based on how much human knowledge a human mind holds, yet human knowledge is outside the natural world and nature. Human knowledge is outside the natural universe and natural intelligence. Human knowledge is outside the intelligence of the Creator and the intelligent life force of creation. Human knowledge only pertains to the ideas that are invented out of the human imagination. The human imagination is not the natural living world. The human imagination is fantasy and delusion. It is equal to all of your media entertainment, the ideas you see on your television screens, and your streaming internet products. You may see something physical, but your imagination is telling you something about that thing. 
And the imagination is not intelligent. The imagination is fantasy. You may capture something and torture it, or subject it to poisons, or inflict pain on it to see it suffer, contort, scream, and die. And just by doing this alone, you prove you are not using your intelligence to investigate. You are using your dark imagination. And this is something you invented. What I describe includes all of the laboratory testing that is done on all life forms. The information you receive from the victim that cries out is the information that would lead the intelligent mind to an intelligent conclusion. Pain hurts. Poison kills. Do not cause pain and do not use poison. But man does not see suffering and learn that he should not cause suffering. Man continues to cause suffering. And man does not see suffering and death from poison and refrain from using poison. Man continues to invent poisons and he continues to use poisons. Man shows he holds no intelligence whatsoever. He only holds dark fantasies and he relishes in his dark fantasies and seeing them acted out in reality. Human information is not based on natural intelligence, nor is it based on the superior intelligence of natural creation. Human information comes from the opinions of the human imagination and its best guesses about life. And when you allow this information to not only lead you, but rule your minds, you are empty and void of intelligence. You hold only man's programming. The emptiness of the highest intelligence is the emptiness of God's mind. The emptiness refers to the fact that there is no human information or human identity. The intelligence is pure, conscious, and awake and full of the highest potential for all the highest intelligent possibilities. The highest potential for all the highest intelligent possibilities is alive. The highest potential is a conscious, intelligent, living life force. It is the conscious, intelligent, living life force of all of creation. Conscious intelligence is the first life form. We use God's mind as a term to describe this pure intelligence. All intelligence comes from the purest intelligence. The purest intelligence is the intelligent creator of all intelligence and all intelligent life forms. The highest potential within the intelligent creator is the source of the intelligence in the creator. The highest potential is held within the impulse of the pure energy field that acts as God's energy body and the impulse itself is God's mind. The impulse within a mind pulsates very much like a heartbeat. As a matter of fact, the heart gets its pulse from the mind of God, just as the breath of life is born of the pulse of the universe. And the pulse of the universe is also the impulse of God's mind. What you see on earth began 
with the purest intelligence, and the purest intelligence governs all, because all creations bear the pulse of the Creator's intelligence. What I tell you refers to all natural life on earth. It does not refer to man's manufactured inventions or his artificial and synthetic foods. The empty mind that holds human programming, but no individual processing of programming and no individual thinking, separates from programming. It is an unnatural mind. The absence of thought indicates the absence of an impulse, and without an impulse there is no intelligent life in the mind. The Creator Intelligence is constantly generating intelligent impulses, and every impulse is created to procreate a constant stream of intelligent impulses. So when a mind does not hold an impulse that creates a stream of other impulses, that mind is not normal. As intelligence is the life force of the impulse, so each impulse is intelligence. In the human mind, each impulse would be a new, intelligent thought. An empty human mind full of programming is a mind that only holds retentative intelligence that records and plays back in an endless loop. This is not living intelligence. This is redundancy. And the redundancy is equal to a stalled engine and a broken record. The mind is sick. Intelligence is life-giving. The life is in each new intelligent impulse. In the human mind, each intelligent impulse would relate to each new intelligent thought. If there are no intelligent thoughts being generated in the human mind, if the human mind is only the sum of its human recordings, then the mind is not normal or natural. The mind is sick and damaged. Intelligence is a living impulse life force that pursues intelligence by procreating intelligence. This procreation is experienced in the human mind as the human mind's thinking process. When the human mind recalls information, this is not thinking. This is engaging recorded information. Thinking is a sophisticated process of analysis, reason, rational deduction, contemplation, consideration, foresight and hindsight, reflection and pondering. Thinking includes logic, insight and intuition. When a mind uses its intelligence processing abilities, it is thinking and alive. When a mind just memorizes recorded programming, it is automated and this is unnatural. Intelligence learns, progresses, produces intelligence and evolves to greater heights of intelligence. 
Intelligence evolves in awareness. Intelligence is not stale, stagnant, repetitious, or stalled. This is a sign of illness. The living intelligent impulse is corrupted by unhealthy information and the only way to cure the living intelligence is to purge the mind of the unhealthy information. And the only way to purge the mind is to process the unhealthy information. But when the empty human mind doesn't think, so it also doesn't process. All it does is play back recordings and there is no life in this. The mind cannot survive, so the mind begins to fail. As the mind fails, programming is forgotten. Programming is fragmented. Some memories are retained, while others are lost. The mind becomes deluded and unbalanced. There is no cohesion in the recordings no stability or continuity. Emotions and feelings are erratic. Moods are unbalanced and out of alignment. The mind is angry, hostile, violent, and resistant to all intellectual stimulation. The natural mind is full of all the highest potential for sentient intelligence. When there is no sentient intelligence, the mind is not natural. The human mind that focuses solely on itself holds one impulse itself and this is not natural or normal for the mind. The natural normal healthy mind is always generating intelligent impulses. Each new impulse is a new potential. In the normal natural mind each new impulse is a new thought. You may see animals as holding no intelligence but this is your opinion. Animals are continually pursuing sentient intelligence. They seek out sense motion and activity. They follow their noses. Their minds are alive. Insects are also continually pursuing their own sentient intelligence. Plants process the elements in the sentient environment that feeds them life. They draw in these elements and they also release because they are intelligent. At the level of natural intelligence, all of these things keep natural life alive. Only in your opinion is there no intelligence and you hold this opinion because you do not have sentient intelligence so you do not understand sentient intelligence. But your mind was created as a sentient mind so your lack of sentient awareness is unnatural. The human mind that focuses on destruction is also not normal for the thought of destruction is one thought, that is one impulse. Intelligence is created to produce continuous impulses that pursue greater and greater heights of intelligence. Intelligence does not just produce the same impulse over and over again. There is no life in this. There is no advancement or evolution in this. This is redundant repetition, and redundant repetition is the sign of illness in living intelligence. The mind that is repetitious and redundant is an unwell mind. Even if the mind thinks of a hundred different ways to cause destruction, 
It only releases 100 impulses of the same thought. I am discussing one subject, and that subject is consciousness. But there are many new thoughts about that subject. There are thoughts about the aspects of consciousness, and each aspect inspires more thoughts. The thoughts involved in discussing consciousness are multidimensional and multi-layered. They are not based on one type of consciousness. Consciousness is not a single dimension. Consciousness is a multidimensional science. Jesus joins the conversation. There is no other intelligent species of life that destroys itself intellectually but the human species. All others live in peace with their natural intelligence, accepting natural intelligence naturally, while living natural lives until man comes and abducts them for experimentation or he destroys them for trophies, food or merchandise or merely for profit and entertainment. The diabolical thinking that does these things is not only unintelligent, but there is also no conscience or soul within such a mind. The mind is a complete void. Riva, you were in a dark void. Did you feel these things? I reply, no, I recognized the void, but I did not feel violent or depraved. I was inspired, emancipated, and free from all lower thinking. I was no longer mortal. I was in a superior void, empty of all mortal leanings, longings, and illnesses, both physical illnesses and mental illnesses. I only experience what you describe now that I am back on the mortal plane. I feel poisoned waves coming from poisoned human information. They are everywhere. Jesus tells me, your experience is the experience of an ascended mind. This is why you believe the teachings we give you. You understand them through your ascended experience. Man cannot ascend. His poisonous thinking prevents it. His poisoned mind is dark and closed. It is heavy laden like a steel door on a tomb. Man will never leave the tomb of his poisoned mind. He will never know ascension. This is how it is for the unnatural mind. Only the open mind is free. And the open mind is natural at its lowest and alpha at its highest. But man's mind is its own void with no intellectual activity at its highest and it is violent, sadistic, unbalanced, irrational, and depraved at its lowest. I say there are many meditation centers all around the world and many masters that offer instruction in ascension. Jesus replies, Then you should teach, for they only teach man's opinion and ascension and transcendence are not mortal experiences. They are immortal experiences. Only the Alpha Mind can provide the experience, and only the human identity can rise within the vast open Alpha Mind to know the ascended experience. If they experience a mortal experience, then they are fantasizing. A true master knows he or she has touched divinity, regardless of what name they give the divine. The ascended experience is the epitome of the alpha experience. The transcended experience is the epitome of divine transformation. There is nothing as superior as the heights of consciousness. Nothing mortal can compare. No mortal experience 
and no mortal invention. Not man's wealth, his fame, or his claim to power. These things are for the finite mind that dies due to repetitious information that bores it to death. The recording tape unravels and leaves the wheel and the mind splinters in a million slivers and dissolves. I say I appreciate your faith in me as a teacher, but I could not teach transcendental meditation or ascension through meditation, as I don't meditate in order to bring about either experience. I ascend and transcend because this is how my mind is. I am open naturally and ascension lifts my lower mind out of mortality and my human identity wants to explore, so it eagerly transcends. I do not meditate. I am fully awake through the entire experience. I do not need to assume any physical position. I do not need to light incense or candles. I do not need wind chimes or soft music. I do not need to close my eyes and still my mind. I live in an ascended state, though my human identity is troubled by the poor quality conditions in the mortal world. My alpha mind, which is the mind I am most like now, is not in the mortal world. It is in a higher dimension. I consider myself an astral monk, but I am not like the monks I see. I am solitary. I do not seek company. I do not seek to pollute my body or any of my delicate senses. My senses are precious to me. They are necessary to experience the heightened, transcendent state. I have to admit I was disturbed when I saw monks smoking. I wouldn't expect an ascended mind to do anything mortal. Ascension awakens the mind to sensitivity. The stench of the poisonous smoke would be overwhelming. This is how I experience it. I hate the offensive odors that man invents and the filthy habits that cause those odors. When I see the actions of monks that align themselves to a religious or spiritual association, I am shocked by their behavior. They do not emulate the ascended or transcended mind. At least, their actions do not emulate my experience of the ascended and transcended state. Jesus says they imitate their mortal masters. They follow the dictates, instructions, and behavior of their mortal masters. What you witness is man's opinions about enlightenment, ascension, and transcension. They make it up. You are authentic. I reply, well, I can't read their minds, nor would I, if I could, just because I don't agree with their habits. I only know that the behavior of the few that I have observed does not emulate my experience of being ascended or transcended. I relate more to a pure path, purity of mind and purity of body, and this purity is absolute. In order to remain pure, there can be no mental or physical impurities. Association with others means subjecting the mind to impure thoughts, so the solitary life is a far superior choice over a social life. I have to be very careful what I listen to in the media, because this too is pollution. Jesus replies, You set yourself above, which is the correct path, because as an ascended master, you are coming from a higher mental world. The monks you describe do not come from a higher world. They come from the mortal world. 
They have no interest in the higher world. They are only interested in the fantasy of the higher. Wondering where Christ gets his information, I ask, have you assessed a monk's mind? Jesus tells me, Enlightenment is another industry polluted by men. It's as polluted as the religious industry and the spiritual industry. They are all entertainment avenues. No one knows what they are talking about. They teach entertainment. All of these industries deal with out-of-body experiences, experiences of consciousness, and yet not one of these industries holds any master that actually engages the disembodied mind that knows what disembodied life is all about. You, Riva, do as all Ascended Masters should do. You ask the Ascended Masters that have crossed over to pure consciousness, those who no longer have corporal bodies, like Mother, Enoch, and I. You ask us to train you. As for spirituality and religions, all religions should speak to their deities and all spiritual enthusiasts should be taught by disembodied spirits. The source of these things knows about these things. A mortal only knows his opinion about these things. Humans do not engage spirits or deities when they are ascended, religious or spiritual, because their ascension, their religions, and their spirituality is all fantasy. They invent a fantasy of these things. There is no one to talk to except themselves. I say, I never thought to seek a spirit guide. When I called out, I was calling to the ascended experience itself and asking to be transformed. I had no preconceived intentions or ideas about what the result would be. But you heard me and sent members of your house to assess me for my sincerity, and then you revealed yourself to me. I have always been interested in ascension and transcension because I instinctively believed these states were possible. But in all honesty, I did not seek you out to help me ascend. I sought the ascended experience that I had known throughout my life. I was calling the ascended experience to help me. Jesus replies, are you disappointed? I say with you, not at all. I'm as surprised today as I was when I first met you. I think it's amazing to speak with you. I think it's amazing to speak with all of you. Not because it's amazing that the mind survives death. I always believed the mind survived death. What's amazing to me is to speak with spirits that have lived so long in the afterlife. This is impressive to me because you did something with your immortality. You founded a holy society based on divinity and your curriculum of education far surpasses any of man's educational industries, in my opinion. I am also impressed that we can discuss your teachings. There is an equality between us, if I can use that word. You do not treat me as an underling, and you do not expect me to worship you. You don't act anything like man's opinions about you. Mother replies, You are our equal. You may certainly use that word. From the moment we met you, you had us curious and amazed, for while we did not act the way you expected us to act based on man's ideas of us, we did not expect you to act so superior 
to the common man that we have been used to speaking with. You hold insight and intelligence. Your analysis is spot on, and your dissertations are marvelous. You are assertive and defiant against any information that does not serve your exemplary standards for intelligence, and you are constantly probing and redefining the information we give you and information you discover on your own. Our experience with other mortals is all based on give me, give me, give me. They all want something, but they do not give anything in return. They are empty-headed except for their own devotion to themselves and their own gains. But you, you have always conducted yourself as a giving and caring individual who is uniquely her own and uniquely self-made. You are no one's product, nor are you anyone's parrot. You are forthright, honest, and faithful to your own drive for excellence, as well as in your determination to serve us to the highest of your intellectual abilities. You are no nonsense, and you never accept less than a superior return, which pushes us to continually do better in order to earn your respect. We are very pleased and proud of you. You are our best student. I am overwhelmed by Mother's kindness. Thank you for your kind, generous words of support and for all the help you have given me. Mother replies, It is our pleasure. Ours is a mutual benefaction society. As you benefit, we benefit. Jesus replies, Your mind is superior and so are your personal teachings. You do not color anything. You tell it the way you intellectually see it. You give your analysis, and it is always spot on, because your analysis is intelligent and insightful. The only truth is the truth born of pure intelligence that is empty of human opinion and judgment. All mortal industries only speak of man's opinions. They promote man's opinions as the truth. All of the employees are paid to promote the master's opinions. All industries are businesses. All business industries are in it for the money and the sensationalism of the delusions they sell to the public that lure them in to buy a product, a service, or both. You make your ministry integral to our work in intelligence, and your own intelligence brings even further clarity to the teachings. I reply, thank you. I'm glad you are pleased with my work. I have experienced dissension all my life. It is a state of consciousness that seemingly and seamlessly streams into the mind of its own power. It floods the mind and overtakes it. And I, as the human identity, am immediately aware of its presence. And I ascend to join with this presence. Yes, I can say it is a presence. It is a conscious presence that overtakes my mind, while at the same time it fills my senses with wonder and elation. The entirety of the experience is mental, it is not physical, and the experience is pure, empty of a human identity or human information. Even I do not exist as a human identity. I am as empty of human information, and I am as pure as the stream of consciousness I experience. I never needed any preparation to make myself ready to receive this experience. As time went on, it occurred to me that nature acted as my muse. 
Nature's sentience filled me, and suddenly I was transported to a higher immortal realm of consciousness that was pure, exhilarating, emancipating, and empty of a human presence and human information. Man's artificial and synthetic cities are void of sentience. Sentience is living nature. It is the living intelligence of nature, and it is the life force of nature. Concrete, brick, and mortar are not alive. Neither is glass, steel, cement, or rubber. Nature grows wild, and all of man's inventions are synthesized materials that come from the artificial processing of natural materials. Artificial and synthetic processes destroy natural elements, and it makes these elements poisonous, so the natural intelligence is now compromised. It is unbalanced and unhealthy, and as a result, all of man's artificial and synthetic substances cause disease and death. They block the natural senses of the mind, so the mind no longer lives. The mind of the impulse within the natural intelligent energy begins to suffocate, and it dies, without the human identity's awareness that it died. Death for the mind is an absence of sentience. The absence of sentience is the absence of sentient intelligence. Intelligence is the only life force. Intelligence is not the invention of man. It is not made up out of man's opinions, theories, or best guesses. It is not a product of man's observations. Intelligence is alive. It is the first life form, and it is pure, empty of human information, and it is also sentient, full of all the natural senses of nature that together make the natural sentient intelligence of the natural world. Intelligence is aware and awake. It is conscious. Intelligence is logical, reasonable, balanced, sane, analytical, calm, peaceful, rational, tranquil, reflective, contemplative, and serene. Intelligence is gentle, stable, secure, steady, consistent, and constant. Intelligence is pervading and immortal. It is endlessly giving, open, inspiring, enlightening, elating, and insightful. Intelligence bathes the mind in health and the security of the highest potential of living intelligence, with nothing artificial, synthetic, unstable, or human, and nothing unnatural. Intelligence is pure, clean, free-flowing, emancipating, liberating, elating, ascending, transcending, transforming, enlightening. It is joyous, whole, and complete, and the one that experiences this wants for nothing, needs nothing, and craves nothing except to join with pure intelligence because it has found everything within pure intelligence. In truth, the mind that experiences pure intelligence and transcendence discovers all it is. All of intelligence is all that the mind is. It is not anything less, which means it is not anything lower. It is not mortal. It is not human. And what's more, the best discovery of all is that the mind does not want to be these lower things anymore. Ascension and transformation are beyond anything the mortal mind can imagine, dream up, or fantasize about, because the mortal mind is limited by mortal opinion, and the ascended mind is free of mortality. 
Mortality is darkness and weight, and the mortal identity will not realize this until it experiences ascension. Ascension awakens the mind to free, open consciousness that is weightless. There is no gravity and there is no darkness. There is no sense of self. The self does not exist. Purity is all there is. Vibrant, living purity that is full of the highest potential of all possibilities that flood the mind with emancipation, liberation, joy, elation, and the highest hope. And all of these sensations are positively perfect, stable, and certain. There are no flaws and no doubts. The experience is exquisite and incomparable to anything the human imagination could conjure or dream up. Any fantasy would be light years away from the truth. You, as the human identity, may delude yourselves into believing you can simulate the same experience through artificial stimulants. The positions of your body and the performance of mental exercises but the experience is natural and sentient and only those who are natural and sentient can experience it the further away from your natural mind you are the further away you are from the ascended and transcended experience of pure consciousness the position of your body will not bring on the experience and neither will candles incense wind chimes, soft music, or chanting. For the ascended and transcended experience is the experience of the mind, not your body. And the ascended and transcended experience is a natural, sentient experience. And incense, wind chimes, music, and chanting are all artificial. Not one of these things is sentient. They do not engage your senses or your sentient intelligence. They do not raise your consciousness. When you smell something or hear something that brings back a memory or it brings a feeling upon you of comfort or relaxation or even what you would consider inspiration, these experiences are not the experience of ascension. Physical feelings are not ascended feelings, and emotional experiences are also not involved in the ascended experience. The ascended experience is pure. There are no human feelings, human emotions, human thoughts, or human experiences involved in the ascended experience. The experience is a pure, out-of-body experience, and it is also an immortal experience that is not human. There is no sentimentality, no urge or inclination to do anything. There is no fantasy and no illusion. The imagination is not a part of the ascended experience. Your incense is made of dried plants that are burned. All processing of natural materials synthesizes those materials so they are no longer natural. Wind chimes are not natural. Wind chimes do not exist in nature. Music does not exist in nature. The only music in nature consists of the call of the animal kingdoms, the sounds of the insects, the rushing of the ocean's waves, the babbling of a brook, and the howl of the wind. And without the full experience of the scent of nature and the sound of nature and the feel of the sun on your skin, you are not experiencing nature. 
You are simulating nature, and a simulation is not a natural experience. Candles are not natural. They are manufactured through processing. Nature is the natural world. You have natural bodies, but the presence of your human information makes your human mind unnatural. You imagine you are natural, but your imagination does not make you natural. If you want to hear nature, you must first find nature that is undisturbed by man's presence and man's inventions, and then you must listen and feel with your senses, and you must do this in silence. And if there is no human disturbance from a human source of a human invention, and if you still hold a natural mind and natural awareness, you will discover nature through your natural senses. Depending on how conditioned you are to the natural world, it may take many sessions in nature to condition you back into your natural mind. You may have to rediscover your true natural presence before you can ever experience ascension or transcendence. You must first experience sentience. What I teach is my own experience. This is the only ascended experience I know. As I was writing this, the amazing transcended experience came over me. My senses were overcome with clarity and purity, and I ascended immediately to bask in their radiance. I felt the life force within the pure intelligence, and I called to it in my mind. Yes, I hear you. I want to join with you. I want to be with you. And I called to the spirits through my telepathic connection to them. Can you feel this? Can you sense it? It completely enveloped me. I felt as if I was being transformed from my feet up, as if I would be miraculously healed of all disabling conditions and illnesses. And I called out in my mind, you must share this with my sister. Share this with my sister. Heal her, raise her, let her know this amazing feeling. Mother speaks to me. It was amazing. You have a tremendous power. We are so glad you were pleased and you understand the holiness and divinity of God. I reply, yes, I understand it intellectually through the intelligence of my senses and my analytical powers of intelligence. But as there is no actual entity or person within the radiance of the energy, I cannot commit to saying it is God. I can say, however, that it is immortal, divine, and holy, because there is nothing but perfection there, pure living intelligent perfection. Understand, I can't commit to calling the experience God because man makes God a mirror image of himself. And what I experience is not human, or mortal, or man. It is neither masculine or feminine. There is no formed body. It is perfect peace, living, active, vibrant, and sublime, radiating the highest potential of all possibilities. I agree wholeheartedly with all other descriptive terms that you present but I cannot commit to the use of the word God. Mother says, but what if man got the idea wrong? He makes everything about himself. What if God was never about him? What if the first man or woman to experience ascension believed they were God, and so they promoted themselves as the form and nature of God? I reply, that seems very likely to be the truth of what happened, but there are still too many inconsistencies in the idea of God. I recognize the pure intelligence of the ascended experience, and I am enthralled within the purity of the Force. I want to join with the Force. 
I can even admit there is a sense of a presence in the Force, but it is not a mortal presence, and I do not register with the Force. I am not there. That is the human. Me is not within the Force, and neither is my identity. It isn't like the Force is aware of me. It's not. I am aware, but it isn't aware. I can only see one reason to experience unity with God, and that would be to join with God. Yet, I remain here, confined to mortality, and it is such a lower state to be in. It is the polar opposite state to the ascended and transcended experience. So to return to this lower state is as if I have been rejected and abandoned. I received communication. I acknowledged the conscious force that I received. But all the communication told me was there is a higher potential, a potential that is emancipating, liberating, and immortal. It did not emancipate or liberate me permanently. It abandoned me back in the mortal prison of the mortal world that has me in chains. If the force were God and it was aware of me and I am of it, I would think it would lift me out of prison. I would think I would leave my body permanently or else my body's circumstances would change, so my body was also liberated and free at the same level that my mind experiences. When the experience is over, I imagine that when the force comes over me, my body dissolves into pure energy particles and I am transported to the immortal universe and my corpse remains behind without a life force. What is the point of touching my mind with so much immortal power if I cannot use that power. The experience doesn't make sense mortally. The experience is superior to any mortal experience, but it doesn't make sense if the experience is God, and God created the natural world and all natural life forms. Then the power of that experience should transform the receiver of the experience, and the natural world that houses that receiver. Further. It should transform anyone or any situation that the receiver is thinking of because the mind is connected to all other minds and all mental energies. But when nothing changes, it seems like a lie. The experience seems real, but it has no bearing on physical life. It is conjured through an immortal source and because you, the spirits of disembodied humans, are the only immortal beings I know, it makes me wonder if you have been sending this experience to me. Have you always sent this experience and all along I have been responding to you? This would account for a great many things. For one, it would explain our relationship today. Where you have always known me, I was not always aware of you and your contact with me was merely a last ditch effort because you exhausted all other mortal connections. Jesus replies, we cannot fault your logic. You define God according to the highest impulse intelligence. God should recognize the intelligence it created. As there is no recognition, no sign you have been heard or understood, no sign that your intelligence was even recognized, naturally you discount the ascended experience as contact with God. In truth, you experience your own higher mind and its connection to God or God intelligence. But this does not help you, because God Intelligence still 
does not respond as if it knows your intelligence, not even your impulse signature. All energy is multidimensional. God should acknowledge your highest, even if your lowest is unnatural or unknown. I say I'm glad you understand my analysis. Jesus replies, I understand your dilemma succinctly. You choose to be intelligent. Naturally, you choose to present intelligent facts. You cannot admit to or present anything that leaves you in doubt unless you disclose your doubts. This proves your integrity. I say, I don't mean to be difficult. Jesus corrects me. You are discerning. If you were not, you would not be serving us at your highest potential. We are the ones who bow to you because you present facts that we cannot dispute. And when you do this, you broaden our awareness so we see what we did not see before. This helps us to grow in intelligence. So we thank you for teaching us. We cannot counter your claims. We cannot add anything to the discussion. We cannot tell you what we do not know. We see God in the ascended and the transcended experience, but we are not mortal. We are not left in lower conditions. We are raised to begin with. When you come from a lofty perch and remain in a lofty perch, your point of view remains lofty. Of course the experience is different for you as a mortal contending with mortality on earth, with all of man's oppression, limitations, deprivations, restrictions, artificial and synthetic thinking, and poisonous results. You are in hell, and you have to bear with the hellish results of man's actions. It defies logic and reason why God would leave any intelligent life form to face man's inequities. But God does not know of inequities because inequity is not equal to the highest potential of God. Inequity is also not equal to natural intelligence. I say you have reminded me of another point I have always wanted to discuss with you. Carnal intelligence feasts on flesh. The feasting and initial kill causes suffering and death. This alone contradicts the peace of intelligence. I do not speak of man in this scenario. I am speaking of the wild carnivores in the animal kingdoms, the wild cats that take down the gazelle and devour it, the bear that eats a living fish. This intelligence that drives the animals to do this also causes suffering. Jesus replies, I cannot fault your logic. Jesus replies, I cannot fault your logic. It does cause suffering, and I cannot defend the animals that kill any more than I would defend man for killing. But man makes the situation worse by inventing industries of slaughter and death. Man makes things worse with mass killing and slaughter. Man makes things worse with mass suffering and incarceration, the destruction of the environment, the ozone layer, and the ecological systems of the planet. Man makes things worse with war and toxic human activity that causes plagues and his artificial and synthetic foods and medicines that contribute to suffering, toxicity, and death. The carnal mind was the lowest mind until man brought the human mind down to the bowels of hell. What man does is far below the carnage that nature causes. Nature acts naturally. Man acts intentionally. Man intends to harm, and he intends to cause suffering, and he intends to kill in mass quantities. This is obscene. Carnal intelligence is the lowest intelligence. Carnal intelligence does not carry the highest potential for the highest possibilities. Carnal intelligence only holds the potential 
to save the body in order to preserve it until its eventual death. Once the body dies, carnal intelligence has nothing to pursue. There is no body to preserve. Carnal intelligence dies with the body. Natural and Alpha Consciousness live because both hold the highest potential of all possibilities. Natural Intelligence holds the highest potential of the highest natural possibilities and Alpha Intelligence holds the highest potential of the highest Alpha possibilities, just like the Intelligent Creator. Alpha Intelligence is the multidimensional intelligence of creation. Sentient possibilities relate to the sense intelligence of the body and the Alpha Mind's potential for psychic intelligence and empathic intelligence. Sentient intelligence streams through the Alpha Mind to the natural mind. The potential and the possibilities are infinite. The actual flesh body that experiences the physical sensations through sentient intelligence is a finite flesh object subject to illness, injury, and death. The highest potential lives while the lowest potential dies. The sentient intelligence within animals, insects, and plants is the highest potential. All high potential is life-giving. Carnal intelligence may preserve life temporarily, but it cannot preserve life indefinitely. Once the body dies, the function of the carnal impulse is over. Carnal intelligence is very much like the intelligence of the human mind that records and plays back. It functions only for a limited time. The lifeline of the intelligence to record and play back depends on the intelligent life that is held within man's recordings. How much life is in the recordings? The life in the recordings will depend largely upon the stimulation they bring to the human identity. Once the human identity tires of the recordings and falls asleep, the recordings themselves will only be available for as long as they bring life to other minds that are equal to them. If there is no living mind connected to the recordings, then there is no life force being generated, so the recordings would also die. As man grows apart from the information of the past, that past information slips into its own time corridor, and that corridor may disappear completely, because no mind seeks its information. I have been considering my dissertation on ascension, and I ask for Christ's opinion. Do you think the human voice is natural? Could the sound of the human voice lead them to ascend? Jesus replies, The sound of the human voice is invented by the human. What would the natural voice sound like of the Homo sapien? No one knows. Homo sapiens chose to invent a human identity, and then they chose to classify themselves as human. Since that time, the human identity has invented everything from his imagination. The animals make natural sounds, for it is natural for animals to make sounds. Humans force sounds, mainly through imitation of other sounds, and partly through their imagination that imagines a sound they want to imitate. They admire their own sounds, so they elaborate on these sounds. They have become more and more offensive in the sounds they make. As for chanting, this also has to do with the invention of their language and the voice they choose to use. As the human is focused on itself and enamored by itself, listening to itself would give it much pleasure, so it would imagine the pleasure of self-gratification was ascension. But this would only be their invented opinion. 
As long as you are self-gratified, you are not ascended. In the conscious state of ascension, there is no self. Mother joins us. She adds, In closing, at its highest, consciousness is open, vast, living intelligence, full of unlimited potential and unlimited intelligent possibilities at their highest. Vast consciousness encompasses all conscious living universes in creation. At the lowest level of human consciousness, consciousness is not even the size of a head of a pin because the focus of the human mind is solely on the human identity and the human flesh body and all of its power and might. There is no life in this singular focus, for there is no intelligence in the continuous thought of self. Human consciousness is limited to all the programming the human collected of its thoughts about itself and its journey, as well as all of its memories of what other humans said about it, or all the memories of how other humans treated it. This mind lives by the power of the human identity whose excitement over itself generates its own energy. The mind lives, but it is not useful for anything outside of self-focused thinking. The moment a thought tries to invade the mind that concerns something outside the self, the self turns away, dimming its own dim light even more. This mind will feast on its thoughts of itself until the identity bores itself, and if it bores itself before its corporal life is over, disintegration will start while it is still attached to the mortal shell, and thoughts will become sporadic, absent-minded, forgetful, erratic, disconnected, agitated, deluded, hostile, unbalanced, and jumbled. The owner of the mind may fall asleep often throughout the day, while at other times the owner of the mind may stare blankly, as if the identity has left the body temporarily. But the identity didn't leave. The mind just unraveled to blankness because it never learned to think, and all of its previous thoughts are momentarily forgotten. The mind will crave thoughts, but it will not be able to generate them because it never learned to generate thoughts, so it will rely on the television to give it thoughts, and it will stare for hours at a time as if it is engrossed in the program it sees. But it will actually not even comprehend what it hears or what it sees, for the information has nothing to do with the self. The information is meaningless. When the body wants food, the identity will eat. But often, it will not even be aware of its body's needs, including the need to use the bathroom or the need for water. This may sound like the signs of old age, but it is actually the sign of a dying mind. The mind was created to communicate with the body and the brain. In the reverse condition, the intelligent mind functions even while the brain is incapacitated or dead. But when the mind holds no intelligence, because the mind was never used to think, so the mind has no thoughts to generate. The mind cannot live without thoughts. Recordings are not the same. The condition seems to come in the later years of life, so it is associated with old age. But it is not old age. It is a poor quality mind that causes the condition. Your doctors tell you to do brain puzzles and read. You are told to socialize. but. What information are you receiving? Does it cause you to think? If it doesn't motivate your mind to generate thoughts, all of these activities are useless. They are only more human thoughts, 
recordings to be stored with other recordings. Intelligent thoughts generate new intelligent thoughts. But when the mind does not generate even one intelligent thought, then there will not be two intelligent thoughts, or three, or four, and so on. If the mind does not generate an intelligent thought, there is no intelligence in the mind. Intelligence is the only life force. When you shut off the alpha mind and you shut off the natural mind, there is nothing left but you, the human identity to think about. And you are just not enough to last a lifetime because you do not generate intelligence. You only follow self-interest, which is to say you constantly chase your own tail trying to catch a glimpse of your own face. And the chase is all you record and all you have to think about. Enoch joins us on the discussion. Consciousness covers the full spectrum of intelligence, including your moral intelligence. And as your morality is the intelligence of your soul, so consciousness also covers the soul. Morality, decency, integrity, honor, valor, courage, and bravery are all qualities of intelligence. Man uses these terms in his own way, but the intelligent definition of these terms relates to the highest consciousness. And as the highest consciousness is impeccable, so the qualities of morality, decency, integrity, honor, valor, bravery, and courage are also impeccable qualities, and they have nothing to do with man's interpretation of these things. Long before man thought up these words, these impeccable intelligent impulses existed without names. Morality is what is moral, and what is moral is that which benefits the highest intelligence that is perfect intelligence. Morality is holiness and wholesome behavior and wholesome thinking. Decency is respect for morality, holiness, wholesome behavior, and wholesome thinking. Integrity is honesty. It is impeccable honesty, which is the highest truth, and integrity and honesty serve the highest holy intelligence. And this is what produces honor. A mind that is honorable holds the highest morality, decency, integrity, truth, and honor. And this gives the mind valor. This makes the mind valiant. And the mind that is valiant is also courageous in its pursuit of morality, decency, integrity, honesty, honor, and valor. And the mind that is valiant and courageous is brave. It stands against all thoughts and actions that are immoral, indecent, dishonest, lacking in integrity, lacking in honor and valor, and lacking in pure holy courage. For holy courage guards what is holy, and it defends what is holy. It does not defend or support anything that is in opposition to holiness. These words may be words that man invented, but they hold significant meaning in the language of intelligence. For these words are a part of the holy language of intelligence that is the highest intelligence, impervious to all intelligence that falls below the impeccable standard of the highest. Holy bravery 
stands firm against all forces that would try to get holy intelligence to lower her standards. What is pure cannot be tainted. Only that which chooses to taint itself can be tainted, and there is no self in purity, so there is no person to make that choice. All that are below purity taunt and tease purity that it is too high, and this only keeps all those below purity in a prison of their own low making. For all below the purity of intelligence and the natural intelligence that purity creates are their own invention. They are known only to themselves, and as they hold no stability, so they are not faithful to themselves, nor are they faithful to their brethren. They cause dissension and division between their own numbers, so wars break out as one unholy side attacks another unholy side with no stability, no balance, and no peace to ever put an end to their war. For the only peace, balance, and stability that exists exists within holy intelligence, far above the madness of the minds below. They relish in their fighting, their divisions and their war, each claiming to be more superior than the other, while not one holds a side that is intelligent. What I have just illustrated is also conscious intelligence at its highest and its lowest. I say thank you, Enoch. It's good to hear from you. And Enoch replies, You're welcome, Reva. It is nice to have the chance to speak, knowing that you will listen. I say always, Thank you, Mother, for your dissertation and its colorful and picturesque ending, and thank you, Jesus, for all you do. Astralism for the Science of Consciousness by Irma Carew is an in-depth look at the teachings of consciousness by the House of Christ and Jesus Christ. It is scheduled for release in the Kindle store of Amazon.com this coming fall. I'm Reva Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.